Welcome to the Happily You podcast, where we'll dive into topics surrounding personal development, food, fitness, and all things that'll help you become happily you. Join me on my journey of self-discovery as I learn more about human design, diet, and exercise that works for me and help you find what works for you. And I want to help you accept and embrace yourself and know that you're exactly as you're meant to be. And leaning into that will open up a whole new world for you. Listen every Friday as podcasts are released and don't forget to share, subscribe, so I can continue to bring you content that helps you in your journey. Thank you so much for listening. Hello and welcome back. This is episode two and thank you so much for listening to me and bringing me into your day, however, whatever you're doing right now. Um, Today, I wanted to talk about shame. Um, because this is something I've dealt with my entire life and it's only been literally in the last year, year and a half that I've kind of discovered that um, my biggest struggle or all most of my struggles have come from toxic shame and I never ever put a name to it. I just, I always felt like, you know, I wasn't enough or I wasn't good enough or like the, I can be quiet and, you know, all these, all these quote unquote weaknesses of mine, but it's really understanding where it's come from and understanding that's a product of shame has really helped me deal with it and get past it and know that no, these are not weaknesses. And just because it's not what somebody else um, or somebody else's judgments on it doesn't fit into their little box, does not make it a weakness. And we are all individual. We are all unique. Um, each one of us has that magic within us. And once we tap into that, uh, you can become your best self. So I'll start by really like defining shame because I think a lot of people confuse shame and guilt. Um, and so guilt is an act that you've done that you feel is wrong. It's gone against a moral. You don't feel right about it. It's, it's, a, it's an act. So when my kids do something wrong, we're, you know, we're all human. It happens. But I try and instead of saying, you know, why'd you do that or you're wrong or I'll try and word it more of like, hey, why did you hit so-and-so? That wasn't a very nice thing to do. So they know that I'm not angry at them. I mean, let me backtrack. I am angry at them for doing that thing, but it's not them that is the problem. Because shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or or foolish behavior. So when you feel shame, you feel like you are the problem. You are wrong. No matter what you do, that is what's wrong. That is the problem, is you. It's not not a thing that you've done. Um, You don't relate it to that. Um, Psychology Today, they define shame in this similar way. It's, It's always a description of pain. So shame is a painful emotion that responds to a failure to attain some ideal state. So shame is always linked to this emotion of pain, whereas guilt is linked to an act. Um, You know, like when you feel shame, you might blush. You're not going to blush when you feel guilty, but you'll blush when you feel shame because you feel like you're, you're embarrassed by something you've done because you feel like you are incorrect. And it's funny because I have always been a blusher. Um, when I got called on in class because I didn't know the answers. I felt shame that I didn't know the answers because I was supposed to know the answers. Um, if somebody calls on me unexpectedly, I feel, uh, I, I start to blush because it's you know, kind of the same thing because I, don't, I haven't thought about it or I don't know the answer or, or whatever. Um, if I bring up an idea at work 
that I'm a little, you know, uncertain about or I speak out of turn or whatever, I will initially start blushing, which then gets everything going, right? My heart rate starts to get up. Um, I can't, I don't want to look at anybody because I know that they see that I'm blushing. So it literally starts this entire cycle of like embarrassment, humiliation over an idea, right? Or, or, or being called on out of turn or whatever it is. Um, Because I never, I always thought like, why am I blushing? This is silly because I'm not embarrassed. Like, you know, I'm not being shy or whatever the situation is. But now that I can, now that I understand that that's linked to shame, it was really because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't have that self-worth to be confident enough to speak what I wanted to. I didn't have the confidence enough to show up as I was because I was so shameful of who I was. Shame is a very lonely um, feeling. It's a very lonely thing to be with. Um, I know for myself, I feel that a lot. It's just, it's hard to be in your head when you have all of these emotions swarming and all these emotions going around you because you feel like you're wrong and nobody else understands. But the truth is so many of us deal with it, but we don't talk about it. You know, as a culture, we're taught shame very early and toxic shame, which I'll get into in a little bit, but they say toxic shame is instilled in you before the age of three. Like, let that sink in for a minute. When I first heard that, my daughter, my oldest is nine and my youngest just turned three. And it really made me want to cry because they could already have this toxic shame built into them unintentionally, right? Because the, the, the thing is, our parents are human. They're dealing with their own shit. They're dealing with it. They have to deal with the struggles in their life, you know, and and sometimes, you know, kids are very inquisitive. Kids require a lot of attention. And so sometimes they, get, they feel like they're being pushed aside. Or, you know, when your child spills milk, you know, your instinct might be like, why do you do that? You're always spilling the milk. When really the reaction, the, the appropriate response, which is more difficult in the moment. So I don't sit here judging parents because we're all trying. We're all struggling. I'm a single mother two kids, I work full-time jobs. So, you know, sometimes when I get home, I'm fried, my brain's fried. And, you know, I just want to sit there and relax, but they got 8,000 questions, you know, from, from my daughter, my son's throwing stuff here, the dog's doing, you know, so you have these frustrations, but you know, in that situation, if, if my son threw a cup of milk off of there, instead of saying, you know, why'd you do that? You're wrong. Or making him feel like he's the problem in the situation, you try and backtrack, you know, help, let's clean up the milk together. Let's understand that throwing the milk was not a good thing to do. Let's not do that next time. Whatever the discipline or reaction you want to be, whether it's put him in a time out, but make him understand it's not him that is wrong. It's the act of throwing the milk that was wrong. And it's really hard to have that self-awareness or not so much self-awareness, but just to have that you know, just as human beings, when we get frustrated or angry or irritated or whatever, it can be really hard to slow our brain down like that and to think in those terms. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's we we exhibit the behaviors that were shown to us, right? So, in talking about you know toxic shame before the age of three, I'll, I you know I'll, I'll start this whole thing. I know. My parents want the best for me and my brother. They always have. Um, but my mom is a very different type of person than I am. Uh, she, so when I was younger, that kind of was the response, right? Was that I was wrong. 
she didn't mean it that way. I know that as an adult, I can look back and see that she didn't mean it to have that response, but we're all human beings. We're all trying to deal with things. We moved across the world when I was seven, almost eight years old. She had never left the, the, the States. She was dealing with all of these emotions of being homesick, not being by her family. But when you're a child, you don't see these things. You don't understand these things. You just look at your parents as if, you know, they, they, they can do no wrong. They know everything. They're your parents. So, um, you know, that was my response a lot of times, you know, why would you want to do that instead of, you know, let's talk about it. Um, or, you know, just stuff like that. It was just a different. So when, you know, with my kids, I catch myself having those responses to them, but I have the self-awareness now and I'm, I've learned so much about myself and about shame that I can backtrack a little bit. And even if I have in the moment, because right, shame is, shame is not repairing that love bond soon after the incident. So if I told my daughter, go to your room, you, you always, you always ask 10,000 questions, which she does (laughs) always. Um, but that's just her personality and it's, and, and, and I love her for it. And she's so smart and inquisitive and all that kind of stuff. But when I walk in the door, I don't even have time to take my shoes off. And can I do this? Can I do that? This happened, you know, she's a kid. She's excited to see me. So in certain situations, when I may jump to be like, why would you do that? Or, or, or whatever, I will always stop and think about it. Cause I can see the look go across her face, you know, like that kind of just like defeated look. So I always like can step back and then I go and explain to her, Hey, I understand. I'm just frustrated. That's not you. I try and make it, let her know that the thing that she did irritated me or frustrated or whatever. This is why, but she's not the problem. So if we're unaware of our shame, it can manifest as anger an addiction. Um, and we can project it onto others. So a lot of times in the business world, or just in personal personal lives, and, you know, I've I've experienced it more in my personal life in relationships I've been on, but been in. The projection is huge. That's that's a huge way that I've seen shame manifested. Is I was I was the per, I was the issue, because they were too shameful, or they were insecure, or they you know stuff like that, because they didn't have the self awareness to understand what was happening. So going back to toxic shame. So toxic shame, the difference between shame and toxic shame, I'll read the definition for shame again, and then I'll read the definition for toxic shame. But shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. Toxic shame is neurotic, irrational feeling of worthlessness, humiliation, self-loathing, and paralyzing feeling that has been inflicted onto an individual through repeated traumatic experiences, often but not always rooted in childhood. So it's, it's intense, right? And it, my, I've been going to therapy for a couple years and they have described me as dealing with more toxic shame as opposed to regular shame because I've always, I've been in a handful of abusive relationships, not always physical, but emotional, spiritual, mental, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the one thing that always arose was that I was doing something wrong. I wasn't enough. I, this is, you know, why would you do that? Why, why, why? So, and I, my first abusive relationship, I was 16 years old. So I had spent, you know, whatever it was like a couple years in this situation where everything was my fault and it was just constantly, constantly. So then when I, you know, 
got into my 20s. I didn't believe in myself in any way. I had nobody, there was nobody there telling me to believe in myself. There was nobody telling me, hey, you know, you're awesome. Or, or it doesn't have to be you're awesome, but, you know, this thing that you did, you know, just even if it's little things, you know, I didn't have the self-awareness. I didn't understand um, enough to know, to believe in myself. So I got divorced at 27 or 28 and I met my second husband and um, just that whole shame pattern was repeated again. You know, nothing I did was good enough. I felt like I was always the problem. Whenever we got in a fight, I was weak. You know, I didn't speak up. X, Y, Z, whatever it is, didn't help my shame, my toxic. So literally the pattern just kept, continued to repeat itself. And I believe, I truly believe that what you, you know, if you don't love yourself, how can you expect somebody else to? And so that's kind of been like my journey for the last couple years is learning to love myself so that I can put that energy out into the world and I can set healthy boundaries. That is one of my biggest things is I never set healthy boundaries because I had the shame. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I was worthy. You know, somebody I'll, I'll always admire. And it's really interesting. I've been starting to research a lot in human design. Um, and I will do a podcast on it. I'm just not, I don't know enough right now to talk about it, but I'm just fascinated by it. Um, but if you know anything about it, I'm a manifesting generator and I have a defined throat with channels to my emotional solar plexus and my mind. And so as far as I've understood from stuff that I'm reading, I should be verbalizing and speaking emotions and thoughts. This is, these are two things that my channel has, or it's, I should be speaking. And so it's interesting. I'm always attracted to people who are very good at speaking um, sometimes in a manipulative way or, you know, how that, how it sometimes people with the gift of gab. Um, and so it kind of makes sense that I'm so attracted to that because maybe in some way that's what I should be doing, but I got off the topic. <laughs> I will do a whole other um, podcast on human design. I feel such a pull to it and it's completely like changed my, my just like so much. It's helped so much. Um, but going back to shame, when I, to my my um, example earlier with the business, uh, I always get really really nervous when it comes to business phone calls or meetings or anything at work. I I freeze when I'm under pressure, and I'm starting to get past that, and I can kind of talk myself out of it. But it's you know all this conditioning from all these years, feeling like I wasn't enough or whatever. And it's not having the knowledge or if somebody asked me a question, simple answer would just be, you know, let me look into that. I'll get back to you. But I freeze and I'm like, uh, you know, I literally don't have any thoughts running through my head. Um, so, yeah. So the fundamental belief underlying shame is I'm unlovable. I'm not worthy of connection. And like I said, it's most often from our childhood. Our parents, our parents tend to transfer their shame onto us because what parents do, and like I said, we are all human. My most recent blog was just about being human, not being superhuman or subhuman. We're just, we all need to live in this plane of humanity and have compassion for people. And I think I've been blessed with the gift of empathy 
because I think just the things that I have been through and the struggles that I have been through, I don't want anybody to feel that. I don't want anyone to feel judged in that way. I don't want anyone to feel like they're not enough. So I can always, I feel like I can always put myself in somebody else's shoes and understand where they're coming from. And like I said, yeah, our parents are just human. And, but, but the, what they do is so often is they project their desires on us, right? So if your parent never went to college, they're going to push you that much harder because they see you as an extension of them. So when you do well, that reflects on them. But what they need to do is understand that we are our own humans. And I say this and I have two kids and I'm guilty of it at times. You know, I've always was a shy kid. So I push my kids a lot harder to be verbal and to be outspoken when that might not be their thing. And I need to step back at times and realize like, you know, I don't need to push them. They're going to be okay. And so I say that just to say that, you know, I understand my parents were human. I'm human. We're all human as parents, but we need to understand that we are shaping our children and they have all these beautiful and unique qualities and personality traits and and oftentimes we silence those or we make them feel like they're not worthy or they're not good enough for having these these qualities. So I know as parents we want the best for our children and like I said I am not perfect. I struggle with it as well but I try and just take a moment Take a breath before you react and just take a moment before you respond and just be aware of all the different factors in there. And here's the thing. There's no, there is no one size fits all formula to life. We grow up thinking there is because this is what culture tells us. This is what society tells us. This is what it takes to be a successful business person, X, Y, Z or whatever. There is no one size fits all. I'm a, introvert. I'm a huge introvert, but that doesn't make me less qualified to, you know, flourish in the business environment. It doesn't make me any less qualified to flourish as an entrepreneur. Whatever it is that you want to do, your situation in life, every moment is a moment to change. And so I just wanted to speak about shame a little bit because it's something that I'm dealing with. It's something that I'm getting over, it's something I'm getting past. And I think for me, realizing that 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 shame was the problem, not the problem, but shame was the cause of all these feelings I had no idea because nobody told me, hey, it's normal to feel that. Or, hey, it's okay that you're quiet. You'll express yourself in other ways. Hey, you're an artist, you're a photographer. That's your form of expression. Embrace it. I just, I never had that because, you know, I, I surrounded myself with some amazing people, but I also had a lot of people that were telling me that I was not enough in my life. And so once, you know, people tell you something enough times, you start to believe it. So that is my little um, talk on shame. If you're dealing with shame, honestly, the best thing that I can recommend, and I always, always, always talk about this, is journal. At the end of your day, just brain dump on a piece of paper. Um, know that you are enough. You have unique qualities to you. You have an internal magic that will just, if you allow yourself to be you, embrace yourself for you. It's hard to not worry about the judgment of others. I struggle with that every single day. And I think um, it's interesting, again, going back to the human design, I'm trying not to talk too much about it. 
Um, but you know, in the in the sense of what I said earlier, of me having that defined throat center, and and probably that's something that I should be doing. And I and I do feel a call to speaking as in the podcast. I do feel I feel attracted to people who who know how to use their voice. Um, but just being aware. Uh, so journaling, blogging has more so journaling because I do that every morning and every night and I always start my day with gratitude. List three things that I'm grateful for from little things such as coffee, sleep, my kids. Maybe I'm not feeling it that day, but I always, always start my day in gratitude. And then at the end of the day, I will reflect on my emotions. What what was great that happened today? What could have been better that happened today? What emotion was, was overwhelming in the day? So that way I can reflect and have that self-awareness and know that when shame creeps up, I can put it on a piece of paper and know, hey, you can start to see the patterns is what I'm saying. And once you start to see the patterns, you'll be able to become a little bit more self-aware. And self-awareness is what will be able to stop in those moments where maybe I feel myself about to blush or I feel myself holding my voice back because I'm too afraid of judgment. In those moments, I can stop and tell myself, hey, you're enough. What you have to say is important. Just you know, don't worry about the judgments because in five minutes, they're not going to remember this. This is, you know, this is not going to make or break their day. So I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day, whatever you're doing today. And I hope, I hope if you don't journal, you pick up a journal and just start a little bit. And I hope you know that you are perfect as you are. Embrace yourself, embrace everything that makes you uniquely you. And thank you so much again for listening today and listening to the podcast. If you want to connect, I'm on Instagram at Rochelle C. Smith. I'm on Twitter at The Happily Vegan. Um, And you can always email me at contact at RochelleSmithPhoto.com. Thank you so much again. And remember, be kind to yourself, be gentle to yourself, and be kind to others today. Thank you. So that's it. That concludes my talk on shame. The good news is that shame can be overcome. It can be reversed. It takes a lot of practice, a lot of patience, a lot of understanding, and it takes a long, long time. I mean, I've been working at it for close to two years now, and I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I know I still have work to go ahead of me. So with that, I will bring you into our my little Friday favorites. Um, I'm going to give you a quote, a podcast, and a book. So, well, let's start, backtrack just a second. Before I ended it, I wanted to read to you guys Brene Brown's The Seven Elements of Trust because one of the ways that you can overcome shame is to trust and love yourself. That's one of the biggest steps. Because once you love yourself and treat yourself that way, then it's, you know, if you can't love yourself, why should anybody else or who can? So Brene Brown's seven elements of trust. Boundaries. You respect my boundaries. And when you're not clear about what's okay and what's not okay, you ask. You're willing to say no. Reliability. You do what you say you'll do. At work, this means staying aware of your competencies and limitations so you don't overpromise and are able to deliver on commitments and balance competing priorities. Accountability. You own your mistakes, apologize, and make amends. Vault. You don't share information or experiences that are not yours to share. I need to know that my confidences are kept and that you're not sharing with me any information about other people that should be confidential. Integrity. You choose courage over comfort. You choose what is right over what is fun, fast, or easy. 
and you choose to practice your values rather than simply professing them. Non-judgment. I can ask for what I need and you can ask for what you need. We can talk about how we feel without judgment. Generosity. You extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words, and actions of others. I read that and it just gave me goosebumps and I wanted to share that because those are definitely ways that we can rebuild the trust with ourselves and rebuild the trust with others and know when you get into a relationship with somebody if they are worth being vulnerable around or if the relationship is worth giving that um, just by acknowledging if they're safe or unsafe people and safe people will respect your boundaries. Um, and so one quote to, to, to wrap up today is, Sometimes we'll take a few steps backwards. That's okay too. Sometimes it's necessary. Sometimes it's part of going forward. And this quote is from the book, The Language of Letting Go by Melody Beattie. Um, it has daily messages and it's just so inspirational. And it is so true. There are some days where you feel phenomenal. You feel like you've made so much pro- progress and you have. Um, and then there are some days you wake up and you feel like you've gone back a step. But if you take two steps forward and one step backwards, you're still taking a step forward. And I've heard this, people have said this to me, but if you take just one step every single day, one small step at the end of the year, all of those steps, you will look back and see how far you came. So just keep pushing forward, keep getting there. You will get there. You are worth it. Know that you are worth it and know that it's okay. Everything you're experiencing, everything you're feeling, everything, you are made just the way you're meant to be. And the book that I read last this past week was Understanding Human Design by Karen Curry. Um, It is fascinating. It really, really breaks it down in detail. That gives you affirmations, um, journal prompts, all that good stuff. So if you're interested in learning about human design, I highly suggest that book. And that is it. I will leave you with that. And I look forward to talking to you guys again next week. Thank you so much again for listening, for bringing me into your home, on your walk, on your workout, wherever you're listening to this. Be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Bye.